1: This is Mark Cuban, and you're listening to this Step Back, the best math podcast ever. TK. I like this, TK. I like that. Yes, yeah, the Mavericks, all up about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, it get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, it get nasty. He'll drop 30. Don't gotta ax him. Luke with the Step Back, 30. looking like just want to ring want to gap on your team how's it going
2: everybody welcome into another edition of the math step back podcast I'm your host Dalton trigg I'm joined as always by my co-host and Dallas basketball and si colleague Matt Galatson it's our first episode of 2020 um uh, we took a little bit of a break originally we were just gonna you know take off christmas through new year's but uh then matt got the flu unfortunately and uh but hey we're recharged we're ready to go matt how you doing now
0: well, i'm not dying anymore so that's that's a positive <laughs> that was uh, uh it was that was a tough time for me <laughs>
2: i've only I, had uh, the fl- i've only had the flu once and I, I i hope i never get it again it was horrible <laughs>
0: Well, I, I was I was the idiot that forgot to get the flu shot and I went to the winter classic at the Cotton Bowl on New Year's Day. Oh, no. And woke up, started tailgating, <laughs> was having a good time, went to the game, had a blast. Um, it's it's really packed in there, so maybe somebody that I was sitting near had it, but anyway, I went to go get a burger with my buddy that I went to the game with afterwards and um we were going to keep going and, and go watch the Sugar Bowl somewhere. And then he was like, well, you know, I'm kind of tired. Maybe we should just, you know, go home, regroup, and and then we'll meet up again later tonight if we're feeling like it. And I was like, all right, yeah, that's a good idea. And then I, I, I got home and I uh, was like, you know what, I think I'll just lay in bed with the dog. And I, I, I got in my bed and like literally 30 minutes later i just started shivering and like got a feet my fever started showing up and it just like hit me like a f- freight train and um the, was dying ever since good. no <laughs> <laughs> i so. remember
2: because before i before i knew you had the flu i was like hey so do you want <laughs> you want to so see you want to record the next day or so and you're just like no, <laughs> no <I'm> dying <laughs>
0: Yeah, but, 2020 was, has not been my best friend so far, but, you know, it's... Well, uh, it, it hasn't it's, been it's great moving.
2: overall in a lot of different areas, but we won't get into that.
0: <laughs> no, we will not.
2: Uh, but, yeah, another reason, I mean, we did, we just decided not to do anything over the holidays is, as some of you know, uh, my little brother, uh, Colton, who, he I had him on a podcast over Thanksgiving, and... Uh, he lives in Iowa now, so that's like it's like a 13, 14 hour drive from where we're at. And since it's his first year up there, he started at his new job in June. Uh, he wasn't going to be able to, you know, make it home for the holidays, so had a family road trip, 14 hours in a car with my family. It was it was Man. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the drive itself wasn't that bad because, you know, there's enough people taking shifts that, it you know, it it just wasn't too bad. But just overall, it's just like, oh, my Lord, I can't do that again. (laughs) Not anytime soon. I mean,
0: I got got used to about an eight-hour road trip when I was driving back and forth from Oxford to Dallas when I was in college. And that got, you know, to go by pretty quickly. But 14 hours just seems like a yeah hellscape to me
2: and look let me tell you something people that think that the 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 world is going to run out of places for people to live at some point have never been to iowa (laughs) (laughs) there's absolutely just nothing but flat land up there and it's very cold and anyway (laughs) had a good time overall i just i wouldn't do it again anytime soon but Um, maybe
0: maybe take a flight or you know make uh Rick right, Colton, yeah. come down back down to Mississippi.
2: <laughs> he he should be able to. He should be able to make it down next year. It was just one of those situations where he just he wasn't going to be able to do it this time. But
0: well, that was nice, of y'all, uh, to go up there at least.
2: Yeah, we had fun. It, it's always fun spending time with family. We Got to watch the college football playoffs and uh, got to watch the Mavs blow out the Warriors. So that was fun. <clears throat> but you know, since we've been out. Uh, The Mavs have played 11 games. The last time we recorded, it was right before that Boston game. And the Mavs ended up losing another close one at home. It was a six-point loss. And they've only gone five and six since the last time we recorded. And uh, I was joking with Matt before we got on here, and I was just like, maybe it's our fault. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe our inconsistencies lately... Have kind of rubbed off on the Mavs themselves, and that's why they're they're not playing as well as they were from like mid November through the first week of uh, December. So, what do you think about that?
0: Well, there's absolutely no other factors. There's been there's been no injury problems, no <laughs> no sort of uh, inconsistencies with the team at all. You know, nothing nothing yeah. out of the ordinary. It's not like you know. Luca didn't players have been doing? Anything. Yeah, Luca didn't twist his ankle. You know, other players have, haven't been complaining to the media about how they're not starting. Um, the Mavericks aren't trying to hide anything from us injury wise. It's just it's been a hundred percent, and uh, yeah, I mean there's well, a million reasons why they're struggling. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> mainly, and I think we can both agree on this. It's it's pretty simple. It's you know KP's been out since. Uh, New Year's Eve he was the late scratch against uh, Oklahoma City and you know before that Luka was out and it, they haven't really been on the floor very much together since Luka twisted his ankle and um, it's it's been hard for the team to adjust to that you know when when they've been together the shooting hasn't always been there like we've seen with KP he's kind of struggled but you know what right. he does just opens everything else up for the offense and makes things way easier for Luka and um it just you know it, the two of them haven't been on the floor together so the mavericks you know have been trying to figure out what to do and i i we hear he's he might be coming back soon but there's there's yeah. still no way to know cuz it's i mean this is about to turn into watergate like people are freaking out over here
2: well and it, we don't it, know what's the, true if the mavs weren't the way they were about injury stuff like this if, if they you know we have previous examples and it I know I've mentioned Chandler Parsons to you and in Tex and stuff but not even that you know Seth Curry's last year with the Mavs before he went to Portland uh you know there was okay he's gonna be out for the next few games and the next few games and, and there, there wasn't anything like concrete about it and then just wham out of nowhere he had like a stress reaction or stress fracture one in his leg and he was out for the season. So I mean they just if they came out like last week or whenever it was, it was uh after the last Lakers game, so December 29th. If they had come out after that uh or no, he was a late scratch for the Oklahoma City game, wasn't he? It was something in warm-ups yeah. that happened. So if they Well, had come I think out, what
0: really happened was that he he kind of hurt it a little bit against the Lakers the game before. Yeah. And then just realized he wasn't comfortable playing on it against Oklahoma City, and then they went into
2: Okay. Well, anyway, so so after that OKC game, if they would have come out and just been like, look, we're going to sit him for a couple of weeks, and we're just you know being cautious about it. We don't think there's any reason uh, for concern here. That'd be different. Then fans would be like, okay, he's going to be out for a few weeks, and then if he's not after that, then we'll freak out. But, you know, all last week, all we heard was that, um, you know, he might be coming back this week, and that's what he was hoping for. That's what he was kind of planning on, and, you know, now he's not playing this week, and it's a maybe for next week. So, I mean, it just keeps snowballing, and – Like I was telling you earlier, I trust the Mavs training staff to do what's best for the players. I have absolutely zero issue with that. I know they're going to do what's best. I don't necessarily trust them to tell us everything, you know, up front, give us all the info. And I don't know if that's just to keep the fan base from freaking out. But I don't think they realize that by withholding information...
0: (laughs) They're freaking people <laughs> they're, out more. They're,
2: they, yeah, they're freaking people out more by doing that. So yeah. I don't know. And it came out what was that shot that he had in his knee? Uh
0: PRP shot, I think. And I heard a little bit about that on the radio today. Um, they were talking it's about pretty it cool. On, yeah. They they were talking about it on one oh five three the fan, my, my other uh, my other employer. And um, it it sounds like it could really help. I mean it's a it's it's you know, kind of cutting edge stuff. It Gets you know things working in the knee better. It gets the blood flowing better. Helps stuff start to rebuild. So, right. Um, you know what, Whatever the problem was, I doubt they'll ever, you know, really tell us unless it ends up being a season-ending injury, which I don't anticipate. I think what really yeah. ended up happening was he was on pace to recover at, at the timetable they had set, and then he got sick and he had to cut his. You know, he had to cut out, out his rehab a little bit. Yeah, and I think that yeah. kind of slowed things down. And I just think the combination of those two things kind of, you know, that's what caused the delay. And then, you know, the PRP shots, just the kind of, I think that's going to be kind of icing on the cake. They're going to do that. They're going to see how it progresses over the weekend, and this back-to-back, which, I mean, if a guy has a sore knee, you don't want to play in a back-to-back anyway.
2: Right. So, and, I, and look, I mean, I, they have every right to do what they see fit, and like I said, I trust them to do that. I mean, I obviously they're going to do what's best for their hundred and fifty million dollar player. But uh, you know, it's just after saying that you know he might be back uh, towards the end of last week, and then he's definitely expecting to play this week, and then all of a sudden he gets sick. I mean, that's just, he probably I, now that we know you know that he had that shot and everything done i kind of believe it now that he did get sick and that slowed down you know the whole process of that but at the time when we did (laughs) when we didn't know that it's like oh here we go yeah Yeah, it seemed kind of convenient (laughs) he just happened to get sick right now and it's going to delay it a few more games but yeah I, i i agree with you now if it if it goes another week then i mean we can start thinking about pressing the panic button Okay like,
0: I, this is my prediction. I think that by the next time the map the, the next time we record, KP will be back in the, will have been back in the lineup. That's my prediction.
2: Okay, well, that's I mean he has a good chance to play next. I mean next week it's at Golden State on Tuesday, at Sacramento on Wednesday. Uh, so back to back if he comes back, you know for Golden State, I doubt he'll play in the Sacramento game. Uh and then they play the Portland Trail Blazers at home on Friday. So I agree with that. I think he'll come back for one of those. Uh if I had to guess, probably the Sacramento game. Yeah, or
0: they might just wait and, you know, hold him out for the road trip and um you know, when they play the Blazers on Friday, then then that'll well, be they'd... his Huh?
2: They definitely need all the help they can get at home. So I mean, I would be okay with that too. Yeah,
0: just just give it a couple <laughs> days. Don't don't put stress on his leg traveling if it's unnecessary. Like, I mean, it's the Kings and what was the other the road, other road one again?
2: Uh, the Warriors, first. Yeah, the Warriors.
0: Yeah. So, they should yeah. be able to win both of those games without him.
2: Yeah. And then even these games coming up, you know, he's going to miss uh, this home back-to-back against the Lakers and the 76ers, but uh, the Lakers, Anthony Davis is questionable. He took a hard fall earlier this week uh, when they played the Knicks, and he's questionable, might not play. And then, swear that dude's uh, getting
0: an MRI every other week. It's ridiculous. He
2: really does. I mean, he's he's look. He's been fortunate to not have anything happen this year that like keeps him out for a long time. But it's one of those things where Laker fans have to be holding their breath every time he hits the floor because he is he is very injury prone yeah but, yeah and then joel Embiid, um he's out with you know you saw that nasty finger dislocation he had uh earlier I actually actually did not i i heard oh, about did? it you but haven't I didn't, seen it
0: i didn't i didn't see it on purpose
2: <laughs> oh man I'm, I'm gonna ruin your night later
0: <laughs> oh thank you
2: <laughs> but he he is out uh they said he's out for at least two weeks and then they're gonna you know reevaluate him but so the Mavs will dodge Embiid on Saturday, and I mean they they had Embiid and I mean they were pretty much they were at full strength when uh, the Mavs played them at Philadelphia, and they handled handled the Sixers pretty well. So uh, I mean they, they, they're catching a break there, but you know like we've seen, uh, especially you know this last one point loss to the Denver Nuggets, which was excruciating. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, You know, Denver was losing two starters, and the Mavs still couldn't beat them. And then the game before, let me see, which game was, let's see, they beat the Bulls. So they lost to Charlotte in overtime by three points. That was a frustrating one. (laughs) (laughs) So just, just from those last two losses, I mean, Even though AD might not play and Embiid's out, I mean, that doesn't guarantee anything. The Mavs got to play better.
0: No, I'm watching uh, watching the 76ers right now. They're playing against Boston as we record this, and they still look okay. (laughs) Right. I mean, the
2: Mavs are going to have to bring it. And look, out of the last eight losses for the Mavs, here's how the last eight losses have gone. They've lost by four points to the Kings, Four points to the Heat in overtime. Six points to the Celtics. Three points to the Raptors in that colossal collapse. Uh, Then they lost by 13 to the Lakers. That's the outlier here. Uh, Lost by five to OKC, another late game collapse. Lost to Charlotte by three in overtime. And then lost to Denver by one just the other night. So... (sighs) I I think one thing
0: we're learning here, Dalton, is that they have... I mean, it's pretty obvious. They have a problem closing out games right now. And I can't put my finger on why, because they seemed okay doing... I mean, granted, they were just blowing teams out of the water earlier in the season. But, you know, I I, I can't really put my finger on why they're struggling so late in games. It's just like as soon as it gets into the last five minutes, if it's a close game, you know, they just... Sort of get, you know, the number one, and I, here, here's, nervous. And,
2: here's the thing. Here's the thing. The defense late in games always tightens up, especially in close games. So, if the Mavs weren't, you know, they have the number one offense in the league. Well, in clutch situations, I think Tim McMahon tweeted out that they're like 28th in the league. <laughs> in clutch situations, as far as offense goes. It shouldn't be that bad. So, I mean, I get it. The Mavs, they they need another, you know, uh, guy that can kind of create his own shot in those situations because we saw it with Denver. They were just smothering Luka and just daring anybody else to try and beat him. And as we saw with that last play from Finney Smith, it worked. So, uh, and I mean, that's nothing against Finney Smith. He's been amazing this year. Uh, He's shooting the three ball well, plays great defense, but... Right, but I mean, you need KP. Was, right. <laughs> you need KP, and I mean, even if they have KP, though, I just, I watch them in these late-game situations, and I'm thinking, and I mean, you're going to love this, but I'm just thinking, man, how cool would it be if they did have Goran Dragic right now?
0: Right? God, I it's mean, like, really? No, seriously, no, I... I, I with everybody knows my homerism on this guy, but I'm telling you <laughs> they would be at least the number two seed in the west if they had him right now he's just I mean such...
2: after just by watching these these this last string of just excruciating losses in crunch time and uh you know watching the everybody struggle even well let me say this it, when people are doubling Luca like they have been. And we're having to rely on, you know, uh, Jalen Brunson or DeLon Wright or Finney Smith, Seth Curry, you know, those guys to kind of create their own deal. That's where asking them to play above what they actually are might be a little bit too much to ask. Um, you
0: need a steady hand.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it. sometimes it doesn't matter. As we've seen, I mean, it's not like the Mavs are on a losing streak. They're just inconsistent from one night to the other. Well, yes. I mean, like I said, if you, and I don't know if people have kept up with how Drogic is playing for the Heat this year, but <laughs> if you put him next to Luka in some of these situations, there is no doubt in my mind that like Matt said, we would be, you know, up in that 2-3 seed range right now.
0: Okay, it's almost like I do this for a living and I watch basketball. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I've been begging this drum for forever, and everybody's just called me an idiot. I mean, not everybody, but like, well, oh, not he's too idiot. old. He's too old. He's you know, he's yeah. he's this. He's
2: that. He's you know, he can't yeah, shoot. But whatever. They didn't call you. An, they didn't call you an idiot. They were just. Like, I had
0: Man. a couple people call me an idiot, <laughs> but I mean, that's Twitter. Um, <laughs> but it's it's true. Like he he's a steady hand, and he's he can do a lot of different things, and.
2: And look, you know, I, I, know, I
0: won't get on a soapbox about it, but it's, look, I know it's a, lot of a people, good idea.
2: I know a lot of people are thinking, like, oh, you're just, you know, they're being a little bit dramatic. Drogic wouldn't make that big of a difference. If you look at the standings, they're only three games behind the Nuggets for the second seed. They would have been two games behind them if they had uh, won in that one point loss the other night. So, I mean, that's just, that's not that big of a difference in the standings. Especially when you consider, like, the distance from the Mavs up to the two seed is three games. The distance from the Mavs down uh, to the first team out of the playoffs, the Grizzlies, is seven and a half games. So, Right. <laughs> well, I more just, than, more I than just implore
0: people, like, obviously you're going to think I'm biased on this whole thing because I've been, like I said, I've been banging the drums since last season. But... Just go watch one Miami game. That's all you need to do.
2: He's good. And, and that's hey, what they're and the, missing. And look, and another component to this is he's clutch, too. He's had some really, really good moments in the clutch this year for the Heat. Yes. And, <clears throat> and I mean, look, if, if they had pulled the trigger and traded for Dragic during the summer, they wouldn't have been able to get Seth Curry or DeLon right. But, but, you know... If you look forward to this summer, if they're not able – if, if they don't try and trade for him or, uh, you know, there's a couple other names we could probably talk about while we're, while we're on here. But, I mean, they could go after Drodit during the summer and get him for a much more reasonable price, especially at his age. And well, then he's you, gonna you gonna still be a have agent. a guy like Seth Curry and DeLon Wright on the team. So
0: Yeah, he's going to be a free agent this summer.
2: But yeah, I just I wanted to bring that up cuz I mean, I know you you've talked about him so much uh starting back during the summer and uh I I've been watching him this season a little bit on NBA League Pass and uh given the Mavs current situation and how they've been playing, I just it just clicked with me. I'm just like, "You know what? Match right. <laughs> we need to do this."
0: I, I rarely get the credit <laughs> for being right, but I'll I will well, revel in it while while I can.
2: Right. Every dog finds a bone every now and then, you know. Yeah, every yeah. Squirrel finds a nut, whatever it right. is. Right. <laughs> and also
0: like he's obviously he's not like the only player in the league that could that could fix their late game situations. He's just one that makes a lot of sense.
2: Yes. Especially because he already has established chemistry with Luka.
0: That's the biggest thing here. Like that's that's yes. been my thing since the very beginning.
2: Yeah. And I mean, look, uh if you look at the last stretch of games uh, like, like just look at Luca he's he's averaging 26.6 uh, points per game 47 uh, percent from the field 33 percent from three which isn't great uh, and then over his last let's look at his last four or five well no he's been pretty consistent so I'm not even gonna go there <laughs> <laughs> He's been pretty consistent across the board with with all of his numbers, Uh, shooting 80% from the free throw line, which is great. That's a whole lot better than, you know, what he did last year. Uh, But that that 33% from three, I mean, what do you you think? We've talked about that he needs to cut out, probably needs to cut out some of these unnecessary uh, step-back shots that seem to kind of waste possessions. Uh, late in games but I mean what else is he supposed to do sometimes especially when KP is out you know well I, I don't know I've kind of softened my stance on that a little bit
0: when Kp's on the floor then it's a bad shot but when Luke' is out there by himself and he's got nothing else and he's just trying to get a little separation it's fine so it's a situ- it's a situational thing he does rely on it too much. There's, there's times where he can get to the rim if he wants to, and he chooses to do a step back instead. And that's frustrating, because it's, it, it's a bad shot.
2: Well, I mean, look, when he's finishing at the rim at the same rate and efficiency as guys like Giannis, that's what he needs to be doing. Right. <laughs> especially, I, th- especially I think he'll learn games. that. But, you know, another... Uh, the flip side to that, and, you know, this is another thing we need to get into is those little those league last two minute reports that come out (laughs) every other game it seems like they're coming out and basically saying the Mavs got screwed and you know the the in the Denver game Plumlee fouled Luca with like 28 seconds left and it wasn't called and that was a big turning point in that game so I mean I I I don't know what 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 you're supposed to do there. I mean, they do those last two minute reports to, I guess, to kind of show that the refs are, or we're we're holding the refs accountable for this. But when it's happened as many times as it's happened to the Mavs this season, I mean, it's just not working. <laughs> and I don't know what the I don't know what the fix is. I mean. Maybe Here's we just fix. need to maybe we just need to collect like all the the film of, of, of this happening, even even not even in the last two minutes, just Luca getting whacked and taking knees to the face and you know, it not being called and mail it to the <laughs> to Adam Silver or something. I don't know. I don't know what needs to be done about it.
0: I have a fix. What's that? Stop making the two minute report public. It's pointless. Like show it to the referees. Make sure they know what they did wrong, but there's no point in making the results public cuz all it does is piss people off. It's like see well, see I told you I told you we got screwed while well, you still lost the game.
2: Well, see, They're here's not the thing. Go back I can and it, it. it does it does kind of make you mad when you when you look at it, but I like it being shown to the public because if not, then you know the other side is saying, "Oh, you you are just complaining because your team lost." You know what I mean? You, you have you can at least be like, no, see, it was legit. It, the refs were just horrible, <laughs> and it does yeah, it does make it, you mad. But I mean, I am glad it's public. I just wish that by making it public, it would actually change things, and it hasn't so far, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, unless it for me, unless it you know actually changes something, then. I don't really want to see it or, or hear about it. People tweet about it constantly after close losses, and I just every time I see one of those tweets, I, I just roll my eyes. It's like, I don't care. They still lost. Move on, next game, <clears throat> whatever. Because you can't get that back.
2: And just yeah. dwelling
0: well, on it is just pointless to me.
2: Yeah. Well, it's just one of those things. I usually give myself 24 hours, and then I, I move, move on to the next one uh but like I said when eight of your last uh, when seven of your last eight losses have been by single digits, <laughs> it just it gets pretty frustrating sometimes and there you know there were a lot of games the Sacramento game, the Miami game uh, which other one the the Oklahoma City game I think there were calls in every one of those games that were missed in the last two minutes that could have decided the game so, it's frustrating, but, I mean, if, if we're looking for a silver lining here, when the Mavs were last fully healthy, they were just running over people. And, you know, there was a stretch there where they won 10 out of 11 games. It, it gave them a really good cushion. Uh, you know, they went to Houston and blew Houston off their home court uh, on a Sunday matinee game. They went to the Lakers and did the same thing. Uh, I mean, they they just had some really, really big wins during that stretch, and then they started, you know, hitting the injury, having the injury bug a little bit. So that's the silver lining for me, uh, looking at the schedule coming up, and, you know, the Lakers Friday might not have AD, and the Sixers might not have MB. They have a chance in both of those games. And then you've got... Uh, the Warriors, the Kings, the Trailblazers, the Clippers, who have been struggling lately, and then Portland again, and then the—I mean—the rest of the schedule looks manageable, you know, up until up through the trade deadline. So, yeah, if he, they can he, go on and if <laughs> here's the thing, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I, I don't think there's any any question about it, unless something just catastrophic happens. But if they can just get one more run like they did in mid-November, just like a five- or six-game stretch where they win uh, the majority, if not all of those games, and you know, go on a little mini-win streak or something, I think that would really solidify it for me. I was yeah. not worrying about it altogether.
0: <laughs> I'm not worried about it at all. I think they're going to make the playoffs at this point. Um, I know it's still early, but whatever. Here's, here's the way I, I choose to look at it. It, you know, like you said, they were just running through the schedule early and they were the hottest team in the NBA, easily the most surprising team in the NBA. And then Luka turned that ankle. And so <clears throat> every, every team in the NBA is going to face adversity when it comes to injuries at some point during the season. And that's what the Mavs are dealing with right now. And the way I choose to look at it is it's happening early enough in the season where you can recover from it later and they've managed the schedule well enough to where they've minimized the damage almost not completely, but they've to I mean as as well yeah. as you could could have hoped.
2: Yeah, I mean I, so, I think that's I think that's pretty well said. I I agree with that too. Um and I mean like like we talked about earlier, they're closer to the top of the Western Conference, you know Game wise, loss wise, win and loss column, than they are to the bottom. Even though they're six, I mean, I know that sounds weird, but you know they're in sixth place, but they're closer to the second seed than they are to the eighth seed. So, <laughs>
0: right, and they're not gonna, they're not gonna stay this. They're not gonna be this unhealthy. I mean, they just got you know Tim Hardaway Jr. back too. That was a big, that was a big addition to get back, which I didn't anticipate us saying over the summer if he would have gotten yeah, hurt. He's been
2: he's been so good. I think Yeah. And look, during uh after that trade, the KP trade, a uh, few a day or so after that, I wrote a piece for dallasbasketball.com saying that he could be the the underrated piece of, of that trade. And
0: Could he be a candidate for the NBA's most in- improved player?
2: I think he could. I mean, he's shooting I think a he career, should be. He's shooting a career high percentage from 3. Uh, I mean, he's just he's he's been good defensively too, which is the most surprising thing for me. You know, if you if you watched him any last year with the Knicks or after that Knicks trade, uh, he was basically like one of those. Uh, those what's those doors you can just blow through <laughs>
0: revolving door
2: revolving yeah, he's basically a revolving door you know he uh he's letting everybody about this year he's actually d people up and it's it's been great to watch he's like he's the, a hell
0: of an athlete
2: and it's not just that it's like the passion that he plays with he's so happy to be on a winning team and contributing to the winning team that he's just i don't know he's like the heart and soul of the team almost he gets and so it, fired up after he makes a good play and i love it
0: and it, it feels like every time his dad's in attendance he goes off.
2: oh oh if tim senior's in attendance uh <laughs> junior's going for at least 25 points
0: <laughs> yeah it's 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 nuts but but you know, t- you know tim pl- senior was one of my favorite players growing up so it's really cool seeing him around the Around the American Airlines Center all the time, and whatever whatever is there, it it helps Junior reach a different level of his game, and it's it's really and cool. the good
2: the good thing is if they make the playoffs, I have no doubt that Tim Senior will be in attendance for every game, so that might be a good thing too. Oh yeah, but you know, I'm not I'm not as worried about the playoff seating, uh, especially since the Mavs have been so much better on the road than they have at home for whatever reasons uh i'm just more looking at the matchups you know like if the if the playoffs started today with the mavs as a six seed uh they'd be playing the rockets which you know if the mavs were the five seed they'd be playing the clippers so i'd much rather have that three six matchup with the rockets than playing the clippers in the first round (laughs) i
0: uh, i'll make a prediction right now what's what's the mavericks record
2: 23 and 14
0: Twenty three and fourteen, so thirty seven. They're almost halfway through the season. Yes. I will predict right now that if the Mavericks play the Rockets in a playoff series, the Mavericks would win in five games.
2: That's that's pretty bold. I do think they'd win the series. I don't know about five games, but
0: I, I think they would I'm, bitch slap the Rockets in a playoff series.
2: Well, I love the confidence, and I I really hope that comes true because that would be just. Oh my goodness, that'd be <laughs> it'd be delicious, is what it would be.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it, it I just think the Rockets are a fraud. I I, I think that nobody plays to, uh, James Harden better in the NBA than the Mavericks do.
2: Especially Dorian, Dorian Finney Smith, he is so good against Harden.
0: Yeah, he's 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 really good against Harden. And if you look, if you just look at the splits, you know the Mavericks play him incredibly well. Just on the raw stats they do they do better than just about anybody and i think the I only think russell westbrook is a the most overrated inefficient worthless player that gets paid that kind of money that i think i've seen in you know a well
2: decade. I, w- I wouldn't say worthless look i i don't want to do <laughs> you're gonna do like mark cuban and say he's not a superstar he's not a superstar <laughs> He's going to proceed to torch us.
0: He's uh, not a superstar.
2: But look, I will back Mark Cuban up on that 100%. Unless something super weird happened in that playoff series, like Rush shooting 50% from three or something crazy like that. I, I completely agree. The Mavs have more depth. Uh, they have a better coach, in my opinion. Um, you know, They're I the just,
0: anti-Rockets.
2: Right, <laughs> you haven't. We haven't seen Luca in the playoffs before. Uh, KP, you know, he really wants to get there and do some damage. I just, overall, I just, I really think they could beat the Rockets, whether they have home court or not. And that's the team that I would be most confident against. You know, looking at the the top four in the West. Um, uh, I don't know though. I mean, anything could happen because there's such little separation between the Mavs and uh, the, the five teams that are in front of them. So it's going to be a fun second half of the season. Uh, the trade deadline is February 6th, so we have a little less than a month. Let me see here. Yeah, one, two, three. Yeah, about four, almost four more weeks until the trade deadline, and then we'll have the all-star break and all that, and they'll get a much-needed rest. Uh, but, I mean, look, with the trade deadline coming up, what, I mean, what, what do you think that they need to do? Because we, we've talked about this a little bit, and I don't I don't know that they need to make a big move. I, I really don't think they need to do that. Uh, I think they could wait, and if something big comes up around, you know, the draft or something like that, like Bradley Bill, you might think about doing something there. But right now, the way the offense is playing – Aside from in the clutch. I just don't know how much you need to risk throwing a wrench into that. Um, I'm, I'm starting to think that the only two players I would be okay with the Mavs trading for at this point is Bogdan Bogdanovich or uh, Robert Covington. And other than that, I mean, I'm just really not sure. Goron. What do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but... I, but they're not I, going to trade him, I don't think.
0: Yeah, He's I'm, too important to what they're doing.
2: Yeah, I mean, they'd, they'd have to give up too much that's important to them in that kind of trade, so that's more of a summer move. But, I mean, I'm looking at Minnesota at 14-22. and 22. They're 9-10-11. They're 12th in the Western Conference standings right now. Um, I think they have a good shot. If they wanted to go after Covington, I'm not exactly sure what Minnesota would be asking for him, but I think it would be. Um, well, they still need a point guard. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe they want Brunson. And I mean, if you trade, if you trade Brunson and a second-round pick or something for Covington,
0: Courtney Lee you know, to help match the salaries.
2: Yeah. And then you know you give Delon more minutes, or if you need Berea to play, let him play for the rest of the year in in certain spots. And then, like we talked about during the summer, you can go out and get uh, a Goran Dragic to take Jalen Brunson's spot. So temporarily, of course, because he's much older than Brunson. But I mean, I, I could see something like that uh, really helping the Mavs the rest of the season. There's only think?
0: one. There's only one ho- home run move. I think that I would say, you know, give them almost whatever they want. And that's Bogdan Bogdanovich. Now, yeah,
2: I mean, he he just makes so much sense. The, the way he plays the game, uh, you know, the way he's shooting the ball, he doesn't – he gives the Mavs – he would give the Mavs another big wing – that can create his own shot, he can pass the ball, he can rebound a little bit. And just his game just matches up so well with what the Mavs do. I just I'm like you, I I don't see a better fit out there. Now, that said, I don't know I mean I I kinda feel like other teams around the league could beat whatever the Mavs have to offer. Right, that's for him. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean the Mavs do have some recent history making trades with the Kings too. So there
0: there's relationships there. And um you know i I'm gonna look up who his agent is because i I feel like that's an advantage too. Let me give me one second
2: and a, and another thing, it's like whoever whoever trades for Bogdanovich, if they trade him, whoever gets him is gonna have to be committed to giving him big money this summer. and that's one reason why everybody's speculating that the kings might not keep him because. They've already paid Harrison Barnes big money. They just paid uh, Buddy Heald big money earlier this season on, on an extension. Uh, De'Aaron Fox's next contract is coming up next season. And then Bagley after that, I believe. So, I mean, unless they just want to lock in to this core, you know, that has them eight games under five hundred, uh, sitting at the 11th spot in the West – I mean, I just—if they don't plan on paying Bogdanovich big money, they might as well go ahead and trade him for whatever they can get now, uh, instead of just risking losing him for nothing, not matching an offer this summer. So.
0: Right, and so the uh, the agent for Bogdan I is s- Jason Ron Rane. He, he works okay. for I, I was
2: a, <laughs> I was about to say I, I'm I was pretty sure it's somebody we're not familiar with, but right.
0: But he, he manages a lot of your or he is an agent for a lot of European players. Yeah. Um. I I would imagine Donnie has some kind of a relationship with him, but I, I thought it was somebody else. So that's that's my mistake. Anyway, that's that's the home run that I that that's the only one I could see. Now Robert Covington. It would still be a, a very good move. I don't think it it would have the same kind of impact, but he he would be very very good. Um I don't think you necessarily have to change anything that you do bringing him in either. Um he makes your defense better.
2: He um, would be he would be a bigger version of what we thought Wesley Matthews would be in Dallas.
0: And a better version. Yeah. The one without a flat given, tire.
2: Now given uh Covington he's kind of had a slump shooting from 3 but you know that's that's just the outlier he's shooting 33% so far but you know he's playing on the Timberwolves <laughs> they yeah, right. they don't they don't they don't have a point guard they don't have Luka uh, right so I, he would he would just be a huge addition for the Mavs in my opinion
0: There's a lot of apathy I think in Minnesota and yeah. um they don't have somebody that can create and make things easier for them. And and again, I mean, you look what look what Luca has done for Dorian.
2: Right. Yeah. That's, and Tim that, Hardaway Jr.
0: and 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 Tim Hardaway Jr. and Robert Covington is a better shooter than Dorian Finney Smith could ever dream of being. So. I'm I mean,
2: I'm confident I'm confident in saying that if the Mavs did pull something off and got Covington, that he would shoot at or near 40% from three, playing with Luka. I'm pretty confident. I, I agree because because I mean I've I've watched and I mean we saw it up close when the Mavs played the Timberwolves last time. He was draining threes with hands all in his face like he <laughs> he had like no no space at all to shoot sometimes and he was still nailing tough shots he would have so much he would have space that he's never had before and i think he would be
0: very good i think he would be very good come playoff time
2: yes he has experience there
0: so that's another big thing that that i would love about having him on the team because
2: it's funny to me they don't
0: have outside of berea they don't have very much playoff experience so they'll, they'll, I think they'll need to make some kind of a move to acquire somebody that gives them that. Because, I mean, it can't just be a bunch of, you know, green, you know, young guys raring to go in the playoffs. I mean, that that won't work. We all know how much things change.
2: Well, you know what I keep thinking about is how Seth Curry performed last year <laughs> with the Blazers in the playoffs. So we we know he can do it. Um, that was very fun to watch i'll be excited to see what he can do in that spot but going back to covington real quick a funny thing i saw earlier there was a report that the 70 76ers were looking for uh better shooters and robert covington was one of the names that (laughs) that was listed and i was thinking okay you traded him away for jimmy butler Jimmy Butler said, "Okay, I'm <laughs> I'm not staying here. I'm going to go to Miami. You let JJ J. Redick and TJ McConnell leave uh so you can sign Al Horford, your second center to play with Embiid. And now you're like, "Okay, yeah, we definitely needed shooters. Let's try and get Covington back again." <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, well no, it, it's it's it, it, Hey, we're gonna let Robert. We're gonna trade Robert Covington as part as is part of the Jimmy Butler deal, and then we're gonna we're gonna trade Jimmy Butler to Miami for Josh Richardson, and then maybe they'll trade Josh Richardson back to to the Timberwolves for Robert Covington. I mean, you never the, know.
2: Sir, the circle of life.
0: Yeah, the, the NBA is kind of incestuous in that way sometimes, I guess. But it's just, I if he goes to Philadelphia, I'll be super pissed. I'll put it that way.
2: Well, look, let's just, this will be the last thing we touch on. We've already talked about, you know, a couple of names and trades. Literally just a couple. Because, I mean, there's really, uh, to me, there's just not, there's not a lot of.
0: Can we both agree on one thing? What's that? No Andre Drummond.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. And, look, I, I, I think if it did happen, it could work, but I'm not willing to risk. Because the offense is going to take a hit if you trade for Drummond. It's no question. So It, it you're, stinks of the
0: Rondo move to me. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I think he's a more of a high-character guy than Rondo myself. So, I don't think. As far as, like, jamming up the offense, I think you're right. As far as his personality and everything, I don't think he's a guy that would quit on you in the playoffs. So, um. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's a super talented player. Probably the one of the best centers in the league. Um, but, I mean, the style just doesn't fit. And I think they could make it work. I think he'd get his numbers in Dallas. I think he'd play well with Luka eventually. But, overall, I just think the offense would take too much of a hit and they wouldn't be, you know, in the same type of situation they are now. So, I think they're best when they're running KP at the 5 and, you know, going that route at center. Not 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 a player like Andre Drummond. And look, I'll be the first one to tell you. <laughs> I got to say this. Earlier in the season when I wrote that piece about the the Mavs, you know, why they might want to look at uh Blake Griffin. Somebody needs to tag old takes exposed. <laughs> to that tweet because i i'm sorry matt i just i really messed happy up to do on it for you one. dalton yeah i mean you might need to find that and do that for me because i i really messed up on that but you know to my credit it he had only played two games so far in the season at that point and i don't know i thought he was in for a big season but as it turns out <laughs> those injury issues were uh were there all along and thank goodness the mavs didn't trade for him but that is one of my ice cold takes that i will probably never live down but the mavs are good uh they're probably not going to be doing any dealing with the pistons and i think i'm i think i'm safe for now
0: (laughs) yeah i think we'll be okay
2: but anyway anything else before we get out of here matt
0: no, I mean, you, you mentioned you had one other thing you wanted to talk about uh, before I interrupted I with the drumming thing.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, like, look, we got three and a half weeks left until uh, the trade deadline, and we've talked about a lot of different names and gone over a lot of stuff there, but when it's said and done, do you think the Mavs will make a trade? And what do you think the trade will be if you think so?
0: Um yes, I do. But there's a caveat to that. I think they need to be in a certain position to make a trade. So what I mean by that is in the, is, is in the standings. So if if they if they find themselves, you know, in the 5, 6, 7 range maybe, and they feel like they need to make a trade to kind of jumpstart things. I think that's the that's the way it would happen. Yes. Um, or you know maybe that maybe they get to the top, you know, top, you know, two or three seeds, and they're like, hey, if we make this one move, we don't have to give up, give up that much. It could really put us over the top. You know, maybe there maybe there's a way. But I, I think if they stay on the path that they're on right now, and they get back and they get healthy and they stay around the 4 or 5 range um, and they they you know they they keep up their offensive efficiency I don't think they will I just I, I think they're they it's either going to be hey we need to we need to save our playoff standing or hey you know this move is going to put us over the top for it to happen and I just I don't know that that, that that's going to be in the cards I think they're they by the end of the season they'll be a 4 or 5 seed and that and you know they'll they'll head into the playoffs what they have and we'll you know See what happens.
2: Well, and like I mentioned earlier, their their schedule, especially given the you know what's what's turned out with AD might not be playing this weekend, and Embiid's out. So their schedule from this Friday through the uh, the trade deadline isn't bad at all. Uh, so I mean, if they rack up some wins like they did early on in, during the season and they get, you know, they're in that three, four seed range around the trade deadline, I think they'll be less likely to pull the trigger on something. But to me, and this is a name that we didn't even talk about, but it, he's been talked about in the past, and uh, Andre Iguodala, I just feel like where there's uh-huh. smoke, there's fire. And, you know, Fish broke uh, broke that news during the summer that they were interested and then uh, a few weeks ago, Mark Stein said that uh, they're not interested anymore, and then uh, I think it was Eric Pincus came out with a story and said that um, NBA GMs were saying that Stein report was just posturing and that they were probably arguing over that Warriors pick. And look, I agree. If, if, <laughs> if the Grizzlies are asking for that Warriors pick, it's no. You're not getting that. You know, if you want Courtney Lee and you want, like, the Utah second-round pick or something, fine. But, I mean, they're not, they're not getting a first-rounder for Iguodala. They're not getting an early second-rounder for Iguodala. So, if they're willing to take Courtney Lee and a lesser second-round pick, I'm all for it. I think, I think that justifies any kind of risk you might have. I think he's still a good player. He can still give you 15, 20 minutes of high-quality basketball. And I think he'd be a really good asset in the postseason, too. You know, it'd give them more experience like what we were talking about earlier. So that's my prediction. I I think they find a way to get that done um, without having to give up too much. Yeah. Because, look, I I really – I highly doubt that the Memphis Grizzlies are going to buy him out. I think they'll take whatever they can get uh, at the last second before, you know, even entertaining that situation. So, we'll see.
0: If they give up the Warriors pick for Iguodala, I would riot.
2: They won't. <laughs> yeah, they they're they're not going to do that. <laughs> right. Cuz um, they they don't they don't need Iguodala that bad. He would help. He would help, but they don't need him that bad. So, I mean, yeah. They're they're, uh, they're in a they have some leverage there.
0: I mean, I already I already told you my specific names earlier. Um I mean there might be there might be something that we're just not thinking of which which tends to happen I mean yeah. Um
2: well look we're going to there's going to be rumors swirling for the next 2 or 3 weeks right up until the buzzer so I mean these next these next 2 or 3 episodes of the step back math step back podcast we're going to be <laughs> discussing a lot of this over the next few weeks so yeah if we if sure. we haven't thought of something now we will definitely do so in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you all... I mean, this is our favorite thing to talk about, obviously. Yes. I mean, so we'll bring you trades. all the rumors. <laughs> I mean, that's half of what Dalton and I text each other are just screenshots of TradeNBA.com
2: of what if we did this?
0: <laughs> so.
2: I, look, that's going to do it for this episode. I mean, we've we've gone for the... Uh, majority of an hour here and it's been great it's been great to get back and talk about the Mavs again we had so much we wanted to talk about but like I said between the holidays and then Matt got sick and it just it wasn't in the cars but it gave us a chance to energize and re-energize and we, we plan on having a really really fun 2020 and we're gonna have a lot of great guests this year for y'all just like we did last year and we really appreciate all the support that y'all gave us in our first year. Uh, we've grown so much. Uh, that's that's a testament to you guys coming in every week and listening and uh, telling your friends and uh, subscribing and all that. So we really appreciate that. And, I mean, definitely go to our YouTube page, like we've been saying, and subscribe there. We're going to be uploading more content on that page this year and by subscribing being one of the first 1000 uh subscribers you will automatically be entered for a chance to win two tickets to the Mavs home game of your choice so it's a win-win situation there anything else Matt
0: yeah I mean well the thing about that is is we're running out of time yeah (laughs) it's halfway (laughs) through the season and we're we're still uh we're we're still not there yet so y'all are and tickets are getting more expensive (laughs) <laughs> the right. more the bats win, the more the, the yeah the, the the you know the more it's going to be difficult to look, get the. I'll say this. Good I'll say this.
2: I'll say this. Depending on how close we are towards the end of the season, we might consider extending it into the first part of next season because I have no doubt we'll we'll hit that goal before you know next season starts. But uh, depending on how close we are, we may go ahead and do something at the end of the season but if not we'll extend it to like the first month of next season or something but we need to get on fish we need to make (laughs) we need we need to get him to hit that rt button and let more mffl mffls know about this yes we do (laughs) but Guys, look, that's going to do it for another episode. We appreciate y'all coming in and listening every week. We will be back next week. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you next time.
1: A uh, lot of times feel like I was on the road to nowhere. Tell me why all these people up in my face acting like I know them. Feeling like Luka Ricky rookie of year, I'm the coldest. God speaking through me every single track, profit I fit like Moses. Asking why I got to wait till I'm there to go and get my roses. Feeling like mass, 2019, grinding unfocused. I used to go to bed at night, this car so hopeless. Went through the same pain, my friend chose drugs to cope with. Now I'm reading all these hate comments. I ain't near you with the boasting, I was just broken. Way down to my lowest. Getting swallowed by them locusts. Letting God do the coaching. I had to go through a lot just to realize that I'm chosen. Carry away, felt like boulders. All of those slams shack. Had to Bordeaux them. So name a rapper, dude. Who can see me overwax? I'm just trying to spit the facts. Where I spit my flow. People telling me relax. I just get it, double back. I just get it, double back. They still ask for more, and I gave on my last. Can't never seen to let go of the past. And that's sad, uh sit back and reflect oh my god they really feeling the kid family calling on the phone almost a star june look what you did about to put right back on the grid go kill a beat they go listen to trick turn on my phone and i listen to matt headphones in sit back with a grin. making up a profit i don't care about the profit i'm just teaching like a prophet i'm just preaching like a prophet staying tall like i'm just sleeping on me like pajamas i'm just trying to fill up my wallet what you call it, uh, profit trying to make a profit, huh Everybody want to live, lavish and ball But got no clue what it costs I done helped a lot of people, but when I'm down I ain't got no one to call Had to get up and throw my feelings in the trash Man, my heart was getting mauled Walking on this thin road way to my goals Man, they praying I fall off And I ain't feel nothing but hate Best rapper at the table and I ain't even ate Still got the nerve to try to take my plate but I'm a hero to these people, to lie, and they ain't got a game. I to nowhere. Tell me why all these people up in my face, acting like I know them. Feeling like Luca Doncic, rookie of the year, I'm the coldest. God speaking through me every single track, prophet like Moses. Asking why I gotta wait till I'm dead to go and get my roses. Feeling like Mass 2019, grinding, i focused. I used to go to bed at night, discouraged, so hopeless. Went through the same pain, my friend shows drugs to cope with. Now I'm reading all these hate comments, man, it got me rolling. Tell me why all these people love in my face, acting like I know them. Feeling like Luka Doncic, rookie of the year, I'm the coldest. God speaking through me every single track, prophet like Moses. Asking why I gotta wait till I'm dead to go and get my roses. Feeling like last 2019, grinding, unfocused. focused. I used to go to bed at night discouraged, so hopeless. Went through the same pain, my friend chose drugs to cope with. And all these hate and comments, man, it got me rolling.